peace, peace. What's popping with everybody? Curtis Metcalf. Fresh of my fresh. Season four, episode one. We in here live from the house of eight stacks. Uh, it's been a minute. Got to get myself reacquainted with everything. Uh, new digs. A lot of stuff has happened since the last episode. You know what I'm saying? I think we last. When we last left, we ended. We ended up, uh, season three off on a good note, ready for bigger and better things. And through all that developing, we was in here at the mall, at the shops at Bel Air, uh, bringing the House of Eight stats to everybody. So this is where we at, you know. Um, like to welcome Deadstock J as my co-host, as official and everything and we plan on bringing the show the podcast on a regular basis i still plan it out for like two weeks at a time and our mission statement is still the same to enlighten folks and bring forth the knowledge to folks impart our knowledge to folks about what was going on with southern rap before outcast dropped southern playlisted music cadillac music southern playlisted cadillac music and right when the ghetto boys broke through to the uh, mainstream world with uh, their uh, classic single My Mind's Playing Trips on Me from 1991's We Can't Be Stopped album and also with that being said the album of this episode I want y'all to check out y'all might be repulsed by it y'all might be surprised y'all might even be laughing at it it's all three of those to me Willie D's debut uh, from 1989. Matter of fact, the release date on it was December 21st, 1989. Willie D. Controversy. I remember I caught on to this like maybe the summer of 1990 because my cousin had it. My cousin had this tape along with like uh, the Ghetto Boys album that was released on Deaf American, which was nothing but uh, grip it, the other level with a few more songs added to it and we listened to that on the same day that uh, Eric B and Rakim dropped well not they ain't exactly dropped but these are albums I remember the same day I heard them that Ghetto Boys album Eric B and Rakim's Let the Rhythm Hit Them and Ice Cube's America Smokes Morning I was going to John L. LaFleur High School for summer school and my cousin was too so my his mom my aunt would pick us up after school we'd get out of school like maybe it was close to one o'clock i want to say and um he had his homies over we'll be playing the super nintendo and we playing these tapes right here so uh with with controversy Willie D, you got to look at the cover. It'll trip you out. It'll really trip you out. He's got a policeman. He's got something. He's got a guy wearing the uh, wearing a clan the uh, the clan robe and the hat. Uh, you got a woman in a bikini on it, and you got Willie D right there looking real buff for, for being like I think he was like 18 years old at the time or something like that. And <laughs> for its time. Not saying that the record cover was for its time or like the envelope was being pushed on a lot of stuff. 
And this album was considered underground. It's the rap a lot way. This is early rap a lot. Like I said, it's 1989. The only other guy that was dropping a solo album, solo projects on the label was uh, Raheem. I think uh, Raheem would go by his album title, Raheem the, the Vigilante. And his album came out on rap a lot in 88 through a uh, d- distribution manufacturing deal with A&M Records. Um, you know, Willie D had, you know, some classic tunes on there. Uh, it starts off with Do It Like a Geo, which I said was uh, included on the Ghetto Boys album that was uh, that came out on Deaf American. He has a cover tune. He has a, he, well, he did a version of, of uh, Cool Modi's How You Like Me Now, even though it was two years afterwards. I ain't gonna say the title of the song on here. I'm trying to keep it clean and everything. <laughs> but uh, what else you had on there? Ball-headed, ball-headed hoes. You had the Fifth Ward on there. The whole album is a trip. You would think people like Ice Cube, people like Ice Cube, like Willie D's, and this is also highlights just how. Texas rap and rap on the West Coast kind of connected because they was trying to get King T to do some stuff over there years before that, but they connected and that I-10 connection goes on from there and it would blossom later on as uh, the homie, rest in peace, uh, 3-2, who was around Houston, one of the great Houston rappers. And um, him and Big Mike when they was on rap a lot with the convicts, they did some demos with uh, Dr. Dre and Stoop at uh, Death Row. Wasn't nothing that ever got released or anything, but you can pull that up on the net and check it out. That, you know, Jay Prince and Suge Knight and Dr. Dre was planning to do something, and this would go on like maybe a few years later. I know back in 2003, um, Irv Gotti, Suge Knight, and James Prince was supposed to do a whole record label and I don't want to go no deeper into that because that's like some territory I didn't really do a whole lot of research I can't speak on it if I don't know it but I remember this clearly uh, so that's the album of the episode Willie D Controversy um, we're going to take a break for this first segment bring it to a close and then come back explaining why this podcast is this hold on a minute segment two continuing on tongue tied continuing on with the episode the whole mythos of fresh on my fresh why we got the shirts why we have the word of mouth promotion once again coming live to you from the house of HX up in uh, Bel Air Mall, well, the former Bel Air Mall, shops at Bel Air Mall, right across from the relaxation massage parlor, right across from Smash Clothing, and right next to the old Babbage's video game spot. Matter of fact, our old spot, this spot right here is the old Spencer's Gifts, if folks remember that back, far back. But, uh, while we in here grooving, 
like to lay down the reason for this whole podcast. I didn't even want to jump in the podcast game back in 2019. I just asked a simple question of if I made a podcast, would y'all listen to it? Got a response for it. Got some responses. And that wasn't no big responses, but it was words from folks I respected. And I went and got to work. I knew what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about rap music, but I also wanted to talk about more than rap music, like some real close and dear subjects to our heart, what's going on in in the community and stuff, and just be the antithesis of what was going on on um, social media because there's a lot of inf- a lot of information, a lot of, a lot of misinformation going on out here at during that time and in the present. You know what I'm saying? Things was crazy because we was about this. You could say the pandemic was out there. Then you know President Trump at the time had a, had everybody going through. Had everybody going through it. It was just a whole lot of stupid stuff, nonsense going around. And I figured I'd make a uh, podcast that didn't add to all the confusion and stuff, you know. Especially in recent times where we arguing over who really started hip-hop. And, you know, it's all a black art form. But the way I learned it from people who was there at the time, and that's a problem folks have. Everywhere They take what's on social media to be the real thing, but not everybody is imparting a lot of knowledge and information out there. So when I get told the story, like big ups and shout outs to people like DJ K-Rock and um, there's a few others, MC Spice up in Boston, who actually know the truth about how, you know, the story of hip hop, I believe you should get the information of the story of hip-hop because the whole story of hip-hop that gets told is really like the story of hip-hop how it started in New York. For what I know out on the West Coast, that thing started like five years before it started in New York and it was was their own style. But my podcast is about that. My podcast concentrates on the years before Southern rap really broke through because people... When they talk about Southern rap, it's like they can name a few folks from Texas. They can name Slim Thug or Paul Wall Chameleon Mike Jones, if that much. The most of they know, they, the most a whole bunch of folks know, casual listeners, it's like Scarface, and they'll throw Nelly and never Nelly's from St. Louis. Um... It's just like a whole lot of misinformation on that part. Like, you don't talk about Miami bass, which is really hip-hop and stuff. And shout out to Cut It Up Def on YouTube with the interviews of the, uh, of the innovators and creators of that segment right there. Some nuance to get some goddamn drink about the there, dog. <laughs> and here's my co-host, Dead Stott J, who just walked in here with some beverages. Um, some nuance. Yeah, dog. You know how hard it is to walk out of a goddamn bar, dog, in the middle of the mall with liquor? Shit is hard as fuck. I mean, really, because you're not supposed to be walking around with liquor in the mall? Yeah. Yeah. But. It's Sunday. And I'm me, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. 
I had so many excuses that they just they was like, well, I don't know. I don't even know. Just take it. Just take that shit. <laughs> just take that shit and go, man. I'm tired of talking to you, man. <laughs> it's like, I ain't see that shit, man. Just take it and go. <laughs> well, continue, continuing on with what I was carrying on about is uh, the reason why I started the podcast and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So you've already started it. I've already started it. Okay. Yeah, and get to the real reason. I was like, you know, Southern Rap, mm-hmm. before Out, Out, before Outcast dropped Southern Playlistic Cadillac music. Okay. It wasn't, more, it wasn't more artists than you could listen to or be annoyed by at one time. That was my, my, my inauguration to, to, like, to Southern Rap before, I mean, other than that, it was like DJ Luke. It was like Luther Campbell. Luther Campbell. Yeah. That was, that was like all I knew about Southern Rap before. Two Live Crew. Two Live Crew is all I knew about Southern Rap before, before Outkast. That's all I knew. And I think Outkast was like, they did their job. That was like the most palatable. I feel like. Like they can compete with either side, the East Coast or the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? I felt like when I heard them, like. I heard Method Man and the Wu Tang Clan, and then I heard Outkast, and I was like, "Oh, okay then, one in the same." One in the same, right? Yeah, that's what I felt like. They had some murky beginnings. Their music it's kind of like on the dark, on the dark end. Not 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 horrorcore dark, but yeah. like talking about stemming. Things that are stemmed in reality. Though. I mean, like in like in reality, even though with just two of them dudes, yeah. Like, um, still after that came the Dungeon Family, right? Mm-hmm. So then you had Goody Mob, right? And then that that was like what three, four dudes, right? You know what I mean? It was four, four of them, mm-hmm. right? And then so when you add the Goody, when you add Goody Mob to Outcast, it wasn't no different than Wu Tang. So it just seemed like. The, t- the same thing just coming from Georgia, and that had the, that that gave me a different vision of the South. When I heard um, when I heard when I when I heard um what's what's what's, what's the song man cell like, therapy no not cell therapy soulful when, when I heard all oh, the players oh. came oh players ball players ball yeah all right then but the remix though. You know what I'm saying? With Big Rube in the beginning, right? Yeah, when yeah, the keys drop, right? When the yeah. keys drop like that, like you it's undeniable. You know what I'm saying? It's it's completely undeniable. If you don't like that, something is wrong with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was like that was like super so man, that was that's like the most East Coast beat on there. and let me explain that one. Outcast. They use they used a prominent sample. Matter of fact, <laughs> I shouldn't even tell everybody this. I shouldn't even say this. Mama say this. Go on, tell them. You remember the youngsters' mad props, mad yep. props. That's yeah, why they, they use the same yeah. sample. It's underneath yeah. that. They just replayed it on the piano. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I, I was high. I was high as shit. You always give me jewels, man. I was high as shit one day, and I was listening to it. And I was like, oh, I picked this up, and I was like, oh. That's why I like this one. Like, okay, that's like the remix. It serves at the remix, but they put the instrumental. They wasn't even an instrumental. They just put a version where Sleepy Brown is singing over the whole thing yeah. on the album. It's the last joint on the album. Stay you know giving me saying? jewels. Yeah. Like so, yeah, that's what it is. They, I, 
and the strings, the strings are still in the background, but it's way in the background to where it's like, yeah. wow, you didn't notice that until. Like when when I when I heard that when I heard that I was like, man, these dudes don't give a fuck about the coast. They don't give a fuck about the region at all. They don't. And at that, all. And, and, and at that moment right there, like I stopped. I stopped giving a damn about it. Mm-hmm. I was like. I don't care about where I'm from. Like, I love the fact that I'm born in, well, shit, I'm born in Long Island, but raised in Queens and then raised again in Mobile, Alabama, and then and all that shit. And I didn't care about none of that shit. I talk like I talk. I dress like I dress and all that type of shit. And I, those was the dude, Outcast was the dudes that, Outcast and, and Wu-Tang was the dudes that made me feel like I could do that. Because everybody, almost everybody in their clique was, not everybody, but a lot of niggas from Wu-Tang clique was from different boroughs. Yes, they were. They were from <laughs> there. Everybody in Wu was from different neighborhoods. Yeah, and, and like, when I, when I think about Outkast, just like living in Atlanta, after living in Atlanta for so many years, I realized what the difference was between, like, living in Decatur versus living in, actual, in the actual city, living in Atlanta, not Decatur, or living, you know what I'm saying, on the west side, or living up in Lithonia and all that type of shit, or whatever, whatever, where you lived at. Yeah. Nobody really ever gave a fuck. It was, it was whether the people that lived in those neighborhoods accepted you. Right. Right. If they, if they didn't accept you, if they didn't accept you in Mechanicsville, if they didn't accept you in goddamn, in, in certain places, then... Nigga, you what? You don't belong. And like my whole my whole shit is like, yo, if you don't belong, then it's a reason why you don't belong, right? It's just like if I can't come to your hood, if I can't come to if I can't come to goddamn, what what's the real name of your hood, my dude? Man, it's always been Trinity Garden. All right then, yeah. if I can't come to Trillville, nigga, uh huh, you feel what I'm saying? If I can't yeah. come, if I can't come to Trillville and holler at D Rock, then therefore, goddamn, I don't belong there. Either I'm a whole ass nigga or I did something to some somebody that live over there, so I don't belong there. That that makes me think about something real right there. Like we are officials in those ways too, to where it's like like how you just said. It wouldn't feel right if you couldn't come to my hood and I put my name, you know, if I stayed there and couldn't give my name yeah. and my word on on things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and 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 that and that's and that's a real that's a real real funny thing because that translates to music too. Yes, it does. So like when we talk about when we listen to the music and we we pick artists and the artists that we like and we say that okay, these are artists that we enjoy, these are artists that we like, we like their music, we like what they bring to the culture. But then at the same time, what ends up happening? Those cats don't have your best interests at heart. They don't, they they don't have the same they don't have the same mindset that you have. You say you say to your children, you say to your girlfriend, or you say to your homeboy, this is the type of person I am. And then you listen to some music, and then two days later you see some shit on MTO, and this nigga like you see some shit on immediate takeout take or some shit, yeah. and this nigga is like, man, I don't give a fuck about this, that, the other, blah blah. blah. You like. 
For real, I co-signed this dude. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. You like, know what I'm saying? I co-signed this dude. They didn't so, show that side. No, yeah. You with you talking and when y'all building the, the and everything, but then you, yeah, when you get out here, you feel like he's playing the field. Nah, it's for, a bad example, son. It is. It's, it's a bad it example is. because it said it, it's just telling you that you can say whatever the fuck you want to say without actually backing that shit up and being the man that you said you was gonna be. Yeah, you flexing on some old other scheme right there. Man, you know, dog. You're in front of the camera. D-Rock, it ain't nothing in this world, dog, that you ever did that let me believe that you a different man than what you said you was. Always been the same guy of what you said you was. I hope I've been the same with you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I think that's all anybody can help go man, for. But if if you don't go out, if you don't go around in this world and seek out real relationships with good people, and you think that people in the media, you think that people that's that's doing things are people that you need to look up to, and you expect them to be just as the same way that you can formulate relationships with, with real people in your lives, you damn fool. Folks don't give a fuck about you. That's one hundred right there. I hope y'all was listening to that anecdote right there. People that's the people that you cherishing and you following on social media and on TV, all these celebrities, they don't they don't love you like that because they don't know you. And segue, I'ma uh, segue into this into sure. this next thing that leaves about we talk about uh support. Um we talked about celebrities, rappers, mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um I think the public has a twisted view of you know, people listen to what they want to listen to, and that's mm-hmm. all good. But Beyonce all out this, here making a whole bunch of remakes and shit when she got all the goddamn fucking goddamn producers in the world that would make anything for her. She can call me, nigga. I, I got dope ass beats for Beyonce, but she gonna sing over some shit that already made nine times. But anyway, that's beyond the point. Go ahead. What, go, what go about, ahead what okay, you, you said that, but what about the people that know you, your next door neighbor? Uh, old classmate, your your uh, co-worker at work, because folks ask me, folks ask me, what do y'all do at the gallery? And I tell them, we uh we sell we sell paintings, we sell we sell this, we sell that, you know, saying business, business, customized, customized shoes, clothes, yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. I be real specific yeah. with what you know with what I'm delivering. Yeah. Um, I tell them what I do. I come up in here and spin and spin music and uh, build traffic up in here. I do a little bit on the little bit I'm doing on you social see, media and the internet. Service, right, right. You, yeah, you an ace at that. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I'm, re- I'm real jealous because really you know what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's all it's yeah. all in in team play. You know, yeah. you, you you pick up where I slack at, and then you know I take notes and stuff. You know, it's, it's not yeah, it's not a one man yeah. operation. No, it's supposed out, to be that way. Shout out to uh, Kanye Eight Thousand who's out handling business. Right here, and uh, also, uh, sure. and also, Brandon Stallworth, who's here. Man, uh, yeah, yeah, but the, the, the man, the next man who may be looking at you and everything, uh, who's trying to get their music up there, let's say, let's just say, for instance, music, and they might they're not hanging around you, but they see what you do when you post stuff like you have somebody up there that probably inbox message you about a beat or something that you rapped over oh, when you when you do. happens every day to me right right what can you tell them about the music 
how the music game is today because everything is based on likes and views and you know getting that Spotify getting that Spotify rate up. Man, I would I would say this streams. I would say this streams and all that shit is very very important. But in all honesty, it's relationships. It's, it really comes down to relationships. Like some people are gonna work harder than other people. If you know that you're working hard and you have a product and you're working hard, then the person that really, really wants your, you know what I'm saying, your attention or your help or anything like that, they need to work just as hard as you, if not harder. Because nine times out of ten, you've already done your job. Me, as myself, as a producer, I've already done my job. You got to write your rap. You need to, you need to find goddamn the pocket. You need to goddamn figure all that shit out. I don't have to figure shit out. I can help you if you ask me. I can find you a backup singer. Okay. Bye, I can bye. find you a bad bitch that can dance in your video. But don't none of that shit have to do with anything that I made that, that has to do with the fact that I made that beat and you wanted that beat. I gave you that beat. Now you need to figure out what you want to do with it. Now if you need my help, say it. You need to know what you you know what? I ain't even gonna goddamn I ain't I ain't even gonna bullshit. You need to know what the fuck help looks like. Niggas ask for help and don't even know what the fuck they need help with. So you need to know what the fuck help looks that like. Is, that is true. So I've already done my job. Cats need to do their job. And then if it takes them forever to even feel like they know what the fuck they really need, man, that's dog. That's on them. That's not my job. I don't get paid to figure out how to make your career succeed. I get paid to give you a melody. If you want more than that, then you need a manager or you need to ask me to be your manager and pay me accordingly. Other than that, just pay me for the beat and leave me the fuck alone. That's basically how I feel. <laughs> okay, in the direction of, in the direction of the public, cool. Digs this stuff like the aforementioned Beyonce, uh, Lizzo, and stuff like that. Like, they already get their dollars, they already get their dollars for what facts. they do. And plus, you know, people are gonna listen to what yeah, they facts. listen to. They can but, Sprite commercials and all that type of shit. What about, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the uh, what about the starving artists though? You know, who's like the album. You can only get it on on Bandcamp, and they 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 doing as much as they can on on the social media front. You starving because you broke. You starving because you fucking broke and you can't promote your own shit. And nine times out of ten, your shit is mediocre. Because somebody would have chased behind you and said whatever, whatever. If you a starving artist and you don't have no fucking money, go chase another artist and write for them. They need you. Them artists with money, they need you. They need people to write songs all day. Stop trying to be famous. Stop trying to be fucking famous. Write that's music for famous people. That's what Neo did. That's what the, almost 90% of the people who you don't pay attention to, that's what the fuck they did. If you ain't got no fucking money, go write for people who need music all the fucking time. You'll, you'll work yourself into the environment. That's what people been doing since the goddamn 40s and 50s. That's how Elvis got rich. Just write for people who already got money. 
Stop trying to be famous. You ain't gonna beat them people. Them people got them people got a backing behind them. You ain't got shit behind you. You just talented. You might give a shit about talented. You might give a shit about a cute nigga with a big dick if he ain't got no goddamn money. Hell no, nah. he's just a cute nigga with a big dick with 19 children. That's all he is. Man, <laughs> fuck. Go, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> dog, go, go fucking write some music for niggas who need music to be written for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be sitting around goddamn talking about, I ain't gonna make it this, that. You ain't got no stylist. You ain't got none of the shit that make people actually famous and all that type. You ain't got none of that shit. Go talk, stop trying to get autographs and go talk to motherfucking goddamn managers and all that type of shit and submit music and submit songs and all that type of shit and say, hey, listen, I got this going on, I got that going on. Like, listen to this music, listen to this goddamn arrangement. And then you'll be surprised when SZA or goddamn Beyonce is like, oh, I want that fucking song, oh, I need that. Work hard, do that. And then once you make the money from that, you can use the money that you make from that to goddamn make your career work. It's a process. Stop acting like you deserve this shit. You don't deserve that shit, man. You don't deserve that shit for nothing, man. Ain't nothing that you fucking deserve, man. Like, for real, for real. You just don't. Like, everybody on the same type of time. And stop laughing at me, Star Wars. <laughs> I did that. I did that. I did that message right there. But that also, I want to speak for the the, uh, the independent artists who do have the albums on, on Bandcap, who do who do uh, get that following, but need a little bit more on for more help or what? It, I say this because people have been complaining about the support that they get or don't get, and they overlook, they, it's easy to overlook people who've been in your corner since the first day you start, started talking about producing and manufacturing a, a project or a product, you know? Um, I think some of those folks are, are good at the level that they at. All right, well, yeah, when, when folks ask them what they would do, what they do for a living, did they tell them that they was a music producer or a songwriter or a rapper or whatever, whatever, or did they tell them that they worked for ever? What did they say? You gonna be the fifth ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. When they say, hey, bro, uh, where you work at? When, they, when nigga walked up to him yeah, and said, where say, you work at? Yeah, they say, I work at Airbus. Right? Yeah. Okay, that's your answer. That's your answer right there. That tell you exactly where nigga mind state is. If if somebody walk up to you, walk up to you and ask you, hey bro, where you work at? And you say you're nine to five instead of your passion or your fucking career, you say that as if that's a like like that's like like some some fucking gold charm you can wear around your neck. Then do, yeah, bro. That's where you work at. You just told the truth. The reason why you're not successful in the other thing. Facts. It's not. It's not even no bullshit. It's just facts. Like for real. Somebody asked me where I work at. I, was, I say I'm a man. I'm a music producer. I, I put you like this. If somebody say ask me where I, where I work at. 
I say, man, I got four jobs, man. I take care of my dad. I'm a music producer. I work at an art gallery. I also got another job at a hotel that's probably gonna help my daughter get a new car. And I'm a music producer. And I tell them all of those things. I tell them every, every single last one of those things. So if you wanna know, I tell them that not, and I tell them that not to brag neither. I tell them that so they know how goddamn fucking finite my time is. Like, I only got so much fucking time for you or whatever the fuck you talking about because how could I have all this time for you when I got to get up and go to work in the morning and I got to do this thing and then I got to do that thing and then I got to do that thing and then I got to do that thing. And bro, and you know me, I still write and I still make beats. So Same with me. Bro, that's a whole nother job in itself. And you you done been through my crib. You know I'm still making beats. You know I'm still writing. So with that being said, and being my real passion, it's like five jobs, nigga. Like I'm on some Desmond Jamaican type shit. You yeah. know you understand what I'm saying? So like if if that's not if that's if that's not the type of time you want, I can't tell you what to fucking believe. I can just tell you that, yeah, you probably you're not dope and you say you rap. You're not taking the time to like probably rap as fuck. That's some real shit. But what's the original question so I can ask that shit directly? I think you you answered it. But the original question was I said I was speaking for the ones, for the artists that are independent. That you know, they come out their own pocket to put these, put the put their projects, to put their projects out. Line me to suck, man. You know what I'm saying? Line me to suck, man. Them niggas ain't, them niggas ain't supposed to rap. They just... It's like, basically, basically what them... A lot of these niggas doing is just... Man. Just signing affidavits, man. Man, <laughs> we about to end. Yo, listen to this. Listen to this segment. Yeah, right here. Sign the fucking affidavit. Yeah. It's all the fuck they're doing. Man. We gonna end segment number two on this note. And we back with the third segment of uh, the podcast and everything. I really didn't get to explain, but I feel like I explained it ever ever a few episodes and the reason why I even set up the podcast and stuff I ain't think nobody would dig me my voice or anything I know in country all that you know what I'm saying but I'm you know I'm sort of intelligent too but the first show I did the first episode I did was like November 9th 2019 it was a Saturday night and it all started from a question that uh, one person online asked that I followed on Twitter. It's like, you know, why the uh, why the South is always taking credit for things that the West Coast did? And I'm like, well, hold on. What do you mean by that? Because I can draw the parallels of like how down South rap hustling really did, especially when it came from places like Miami and Fort Lauderdale you know uh, just a quick primer on that like the roots of it came from a little record label called TK Productions for they was familiar with acts like K 
Casey and the Sunshine Band, um, George McCray, Gwen McCray, and uh, Blowfly. They all had different labels. They had a family of labels. That included Cat Records, Austin, uh, Weird World. Uh, but most of those people, Steve Alamo, who was like recording engineers and everything, they gave some young cats from out in out in Miami. That's right there. They gave them a chance to uh, learn stuff and make some records. And what ended up being made was the roots of like what we know as Miami bass, uh, MCADE and things like that. Megatron, DSJ. And uh, like I said before, I shouted out to uh, the YouTube channel Cutting Up cut it up deaf uh who's known for like uh dj jealous J, who's you know today is jim johnson big producer maybe you've heard of him and it starts right there like the link to amos larkin and luke skywalker mcade is right there if you want to do your research so it started like that like exposing that like once again at the top of the show i was like saying how the L.A. hip-hop story is way different from the New York hip-hop story about it how it got started. Everybody don't go by that same uh, date that Cool Hurt threw the party at 1520 Sedgwick, and that was all. That. Even people in New York, I tell you, it was different because Queens didn't throw the same thing that Brooklyn did or the Bronx or anything like that, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like no different than like being born 
in in fucking Spring Hill Hospital and then going home after yeah. you leave there and going to Pritchard. Right. And somebody tell you, yo, somebody gonna tell you born in campgrounds, some shit like that? No, right, you no. ain't born in, you know, you ain't born in campgrounds, nigga. The hospital was, was there. The hospital was there, but I went to, you know, I went, I went to Trinity Gardens, or I went to Pritchard, or I went to Tomerville. That, that's what I went me. to Maysville. Yeah, that's what me, the, you know, USA hospitals in Tomerville. Exactly. But I'm Trinity Gardens to the heart. Exactly. Yeah. So like that's that's how that that's how that is, and then so like when you get older. It's like I look at my daughter, and like she she was born in Atlanta, you know what I mean? And, right. And so when, like she up there right now, and I was like, I said to her, I was like, baby, um, you going back home? You going to see some of your friends? She was like, yeah, I'm going back home see some of my friends. She don't think about the fact that she got friends here in Mobile, Alabama, and all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. No, I don't treat her like that. I don't treat none of that like that. You should have a home. Everybody should have a home in their mind, in their heart, in their spirit. You should have a fucking home. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. You can be anywhere that, in the world that you want to be, but you should have a home. Straight up. Straight up. Add it on. Add it on to that. Like, you know, the original idea made me want to start the podcast. Um, I just felt that I had something to say. Like Andre 3000 at the 95 Source Awards and stuff, you know. I just, I just wanted, I was, I just wanted to set the record straight because so I witnessed, I, say, I witnessed things, you know. Um, another point I wanted to bring up is like, you know, I was born in 1978, so when 1988 hit, I'm well into the era, what they call the golden era, the golden era of so. rap. Yeah, so um, this when rappers and rap groups. Got serious about so, uh, making albums between eighty-eight and ninety-eight. Between that- uh, 86, 86 and eighty-nine. That's when. That's when the focus of a uh, rap album started. It went from. All right, Star Wars. Later, later on, when the focus of uh, albums started being from a singles-based format to where you had songs on the album that made a full album. You know, you had your singles and you had your other songs on the album and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this was, this is where people were, this is the part where people like uh, the, uh, the, Jeff, the, the Def Jam record label with LL Cool J, yeah. uh, BDP, uh, Shan, Airbnb, Rakim, you know, Eric Sherman, them EPMD, EPMD, yeah. EPMD, where they was, you know, you you had acts. Not only were they being creative with the albums, but they had a whole plate you could listen to, or a yeah. whole cassette you could listen to, For sure. nonstop, and it wasn't more, it wasn't more music that you could uh, listen to at at one time and everything. And I wanted to be a progenitor that explored that and pushed that. Type and you know it ain't no agenda. This is like this is actually happening. If you especially if you live through the area, you know what I'm saying. And a lot of that, a lot of the albums, a lot of the music from that era, from just those three years, '86 through '89, it led into the transition years of 1990 and '91. You know, so uh, people was actually coming with it, and that's when your first your first rap single started hitting the, uh, started debuting high on the Billboard charts. Like, you know, Vanilla Ice, you know, for, for better or for worse, Vanilla Ice. MC uh, Hammer. MC Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like, fucking Deion Sanders coming out with... Yeah, it was the commercial money. era. Yeah, you know yeah. It was like, okay, we can make money off of the, uh, off of the talent of, 
of what um, young black men were doing. Yes. And um, it was a good time because it really, really what allowed um, folks in in the mid '90s to really realize, like, yo, oh shit, I'm a dope MC, and I'm gonna watch all these dudes try to steal my style, but I'm doping them. And so when when I put out music, the hood loved me. Like, they love me like a motherfucker because at the end of the day, I ain't doing none of that dumb shit. I ain't dancing out here. I ain't dressing up like that. I ain't doing none of that type of shit. I'm just going to give you... It's what Wu-Tang did. Right, right. It's what Nas did. It's what AZ did. It's what it's what a lot of cats did. They just, they just was like, yo, look at them clowns over there. We over here. We over here on some gangster shit. We on some other shit. But we ain't doing gangster shit like the niggas on the West Coast. We doing gangster shit like, man, smooth politics, man. Yeah. Smooth politics. Yeah. Like, like, damn, we ain't talking about killing nobody. We talking, we telling stories about this little kid that grew up in the neighborhood that had a bad life, and this is how it went. This is how his mom treated him, how his father treated him, and all that type of stuff. And talk and talked about things like that, not just telling people to just kill everybody and just do other shit or whatever, whatever. I know niggas, you know what? To everybody who listens to this podcast that thinks that I sound like Nas or some shit like that, man, fuck y'all, man. I'm a Queens <laughs> nigga. Like on some real shit. I'm just a Queens nigga. We all sound like this. But I'm telling you, we looked at that shit and we was like, yo, we love Snoop. Y'all wasn't tripping. Yeah, we love Snoop, man. We love Outkast. We love Ice Cube. We love those dudes. But to be honest with you, we had so many cats in the hood, man, that was really, really trying to make it, man. And we we wanted them to make it. Some of them did, some of them didn't. And they weren't talking about none of that type of shit. We weren't talking about pimp shit in New York. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? We right. Weren't, we weren't talking about none of that type of shit. Only thing we was talking about was killing. Fucking, it was just fucked up as as, as as it is now. We was talking about killing, robbing, and doing all that type of shit. And then you had the other niggas that was talking about existential shit. So, question comes back. Who's my favorite fucking goddamn group? Yeah, you did. You got, you had the flow, brother. Man, my favorite group was the Roots, man. From Philly. Yeah, Cats from Philly, Philly, man. People don't even expect that shit from Cats from Philly because Philly's just as crazy as New York is. Yeah. But the Roots... Plus, it was kind of like... Philly is is one of those places outside of the... uh, they consider East Coast, but they're outside of the five boroughs, and... They they further away than Connecticut. Which you is know, another one. You know what I'm saying? They further away than Connecticut, so, like, you can get to Philly real fast, but you get to Philly real fast from New Jersey. Right. You get to Connecticut real fast from the Bronx. Drive through the Bronx, hit goddamn fucking the Yonkers, and then you in Connecticut. If you're in New Jersey, you can hit Philly real quick. And that's how that's how the tri-borough shit really, really go. It's a circuit. It's a circuit. It's a circuit. And uh, I heard the roots, and 
that's when I started really, really making music because at the end of the day, I said, yo, I think it was silent treatment. I think it was silent treatment that I heard. That made you, that made you a fan of the roots? Well, or that put you on to the roots? Yeah, um, yeah. Silent treatment is what I heard that put me on to the roots because my homeboy, my homeboy, man, my homeboy Sully, man, one of my best friends, man, in the world. Me and him always used to, like, he the first one that played that M-E-T-H-O-D, man. He the first one to play that shit for me. Hey. And one day he showed up and played the roots for me. And then he played Silent Treatment, and he had just broke up with his girl. He was in his feelings and shit. And he had played that shit for me. And I had a girl that I was really, really trying to get with at the time. He knew that shit, and, he, and we were both going through it. So he just broke up with his girl. And then I had this girl that I was dealing with that I, I couldn't figure it out. I, I just couldn't get shit right at that moment. Mm-hmm. And then that nigga played the silent treatment shit. And, dude, I was like, for real? I got, I got folks that actually speak for me? Like what I can't, what I can't articulate, somebody else articulates for me. Right. It was beautiful, man. And if anybody, like anybody listening to this, just needs to know this shit, just go listen to Silent Treatment by The Roots. I promise you, man. Um, if you ever felt any loss in a relationship, or if you're going through anything in a relationship, it's a beautiful song to listen to. It'll help you. And it helped me. Like it, it brought brought me through that shit. So, with that being said, it's not so much music out there like that that really does that. A lot of music seems emotional, but it's not really emotional. It's just motherfuckers talking about their problems all the goddamn time, and it has absolutely nothing to do with your problems. It just has. It just has to do with. Rich nigga problems, <laughs> and those problems ain't even really true because them niggas ain't even really rich. So that's you know, it's a lot of projecting. It's a lot of projecting. It's a lot of projecting. That's what yeah, I it's, that's it's what up I to you. it's up to you. They could it could actually it could actually be a legit story behind behind it, but you know, with with rappers and MCs, you also have to be like a great screenwriter. Too. And I think some people fake the funk as far as like emotionally in a song. You know, there's only so many Kevin Gates songs that I'm going to listen to anyway. Dude. You feel what I'm saying? I'm like, I hear them. I hear them talking about battling for their spirit against uh, things, situations they can put themselves in. I'm not listening to Kevin Gates unless there's a big booty involved. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that shit, bro. Because that's where he makes his best music at, right? Yeah, bro. If, <laughs> bro, if there's not a big booty involved, dog. Uh, I don't give a fuck about Kevin Gates. I'm just telling you right now. It has to be a bitch that was like, you want to listen to the song? And I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, I really want to listen to Willie the Kid, but you got a fat ass, so let's listen to Kevin Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to a point. Um, I dedicate this show and everything that came before this uh, in the memory and the love for the life of Tasha Skidmore, which you know you met her. I have several times. You met, man. You met yes, her. Man. You met One, her. A wonderful lady, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful lady, wonderful lady, man. God bless her, man. Yeah, yeah. She's like I said in the beginning. I was trying to get it out. Now I can get it out. Uh, 
I wish she was here, man. She would love. Yeah, she would love to do this. She would definitely love this. Yeah, she would definitely love this. Yeah, man. But she passed away after the very first episode that I did back in November 9th, two thousand nineteen. And so, you know, uh, she's with us. She's with us right she, here. You know what I'm saying? I think some of the vibes that we had come through here. We man, lost so many people, man. We lost so many people. You lost your mom. Lost and my I, mom. I, I tremendously Tes- felt that. There's, there's Tessica Williams, who she's Tessica, right here. Man. She's right here on this picture she's right here on the table. You know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of people that we miss, they're, they're important people. We wanted to Bro, see. It's the, only the why, it's the only reason why we strong, man. And that's the funny part about it. The only reason why we able to do what we do it's because, it's because of them. It's because of them, man. And it's because of them. Yeah, man. It's because of them, man. And I, I'm not even saying that in a way that um, just trying to be cool with folks and this, that, and the other. Like, I really, 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 truly mean that. I wake up in the morning and think about these people. Like, I, I literally go on my Facebook memories and look at people like Jermaine Barron, King Size. Oh, King Size. They're, they're definitely you know King Size, man. Like, you, you know talk about somebody that was important to the culture. Yeah. Yeah, Roman Empire, right? Your Roman Empire. Roman dog. Empire. Dog, I, I, get, I, get on my, I get on my What's the Name page, dog, and I see a lot of people, man, who passed away and, I, and that's commenting on stuff that I said, and they say, and they give me like the thumbs up, like go ahead, Jamal, do your thing, or whatever, whatever. And even from the grave, I just feel like they just urging me on to be a better person and do good things and all that type of stuff. And I truly appreciate it. Like I truly appreciate it to the fullest because, like in all honesty, sometimes you wake up, you don't know if you're worth anything. Sometimes you wake up. And you be on empty. Yeah, you don't know. You know. You don't know if you're worth anything. And then, Marky Z, thank you at least for that, man. I'm, you're a piece of shit, but thank you for that. <laughs> uh, we gotta talk about uh, DJ Dirty E too, man. Oh man, that, I see him every day too, cause he, man, dog, Eric Sylvester, man, shit, man. God bless you, bro. Because goddamn, I rented that car for your ass and you crashed it, and you the only nigga that I ain't never had to pay insurance from because you crashed the shit at goddamn McDonald's, dog. You know God was in your dog. God was in your shit, dog. From the real. <laughs> that was up, man. You know what I'm saying? I I, I do not owe goddamn fucking whatever. What, what, what's that rental company that start with the E? Enterprise. Enterprise. I do not own Enterprise shit, dog. Cause we play that shit off like G's, bro. <laughs> we just parked that shit backwards to where they couldn't see it, and we kept that shit moving. You know, you know, you up there in heaven, knowing that you crashed into that goddamn yellow barricade in Atlanta at that damn McDonald's, bro, in that goddamn Impala. Shout out to you, big bro. You know what I'm saying? I see, I see you up there, man. One of the best DJs ever graces goddamn city. Oh man, he did it. He did his job. He did his thing. Man, shit, man. He brought all the shit that that niggas really, really see in the city. That really, really from the city and from ATL. He and from Texas, he brought that shit. Here. Whether cats know it or not. Whether cats know it or not. He brought it. Here. Right. He brought it and up, that's man. the thing. That's the thing. That's another thing about this. About this. Uh, about my podcast and stuff. I'm always gonna salute the uh, the underdogs or the little dog or people who, in some people's worldview, consider them little. That's why I was asking the questions I was asking earlier about 
these yeah. these group of artists or these artists right here. It's people that it's people that actually push the culture from really a cultural standpoint to move in these spaces to get space up in uh, Alabama Music Box and the Mary Widow and uh, Soul Kitchen and stuff like you. One of them too, uh, along with DJ No Sweat, who I have on the on the show pretty soon. Uh, with uh, with RS Battle League and stuff like nobody, we kind of like pioneers in the sense that we went forward with stuff that only people, if they talked about it, they talked about it. It was very little. Do you know why that? Do you know why that is though? It's because on some real on some real shit. If we thought that we was, then we wouldn't do it right. You know what I'm saying? If we thought that we was, or we thought that that's what we set out to do, we couldn't do it right. The reason why we do it right is because that's not what we set out to do. We set out on a mission to do what we know is right. And we never thought about being the name on, on, on the top of the building or being the person that everybody talks about and all that type of stuff. We never, we never cared about that. And the fact that that is not the main thing that we cared about is the reason why we're always on the scene when other cats is thinking about something else. They thinking about something else. They beefing with their baby mamas or they goddamn fighting with a nigga or they goddamn worried about this or they worried about that. I be at work, man. Like, I work a nine to five, man. I gotta support people including myself, and when I'm at work, I'm thinking about ideas, I'm thinking about beats, I'm thinking about <laughs> art, I'm thinking about music, I'm thinking about all these things, and just my job is just something that just puts money in my pocket so can't nobody look at me like I'm broke. I mean, it just is what it is, I can't lie. I ain't gonna front. But in all honesty, I'm not out here in the club, goddamn, trying to stun on y'all niggas. I don't need to stun on y'all niggas. I don't need to stun on y'all niggas. I don't need to stun on y'all bitches. I don't need everything or whatever, whatever. They call me dead side because I love kicks and I love clothes and all type of shit. I can get fly and look stupid, stupid fresh or any nigga, any day. That's not the point. I don't give a shit about that. I give a shit about when y'all niggas gonna invite me to the right party so I can look fly there. Or when I'ma throw the right party so I can look fly there. But to prove a point? Oh hell nah. Fuck all that shit. <laughs> I ain't trying to prove no fucking point to no fucking body, man. What? I'm gonna waste the outfit on y'all niggas? I'm not wasting outfits on y'all niggas. I'm not getting my Tim stepped on or my goddamn MX 90s or MX fucking 360s stepped on because y'all niggas decided to throw some shit. No. Hell nah. I tell you what I will do. I will use my goddamn fucking goddamn my fucking discount for a thirty-five dollar goddamn hotel room that should cost three hundred dollars, and take one of y'all bitches up there and give her the time of her life for three days. <laughs> that's what the fuck I'll do. That's if, if that's if, if if that's what goddamn balling is. I will do that shit. But. Nah, man, I don't, uh, like, I think niggas got the game confused, man. They, they got the game confused because they think that we supposed to all be out here beefing and shit and supposed to be mad at each other 
and supposed to be like, you know, like, man, fuck that nigga D-Rock, fuck that nigga Jamal, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Man, bro. Dude, you literally standing next to a goddamn skateboard right now, bro. They don't even got wheels on it. And, 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 it's, an, and it's an award. And it's a fucking award. Yeah. Okay, then. First place, too. Right, first place at that. Mm-hmm. All right, then. So, mm-hmm. the life that you think that you want to live as a human being, just remember this shit. Me and D-Rock will be sipping fucking cocktails, listening to goddamn fucking LPs and shit. 33, 33 by the way, you know what I'm saying, 33 RPMs, just Google that shit, you Hey man, um, I work at the construct. Do you want to come back? And she showed up and didn't leave. Shout out to the construct. Of course, oh, shout out to the Almighty Construct. We've been here since May first, and it's uh, September 11th now. Bring it back, bring it back on. It's, 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 it's my it's my baby's birthday. Tasha Skidmore, open, looking down at us, helping. She's 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 in here with us right now. You know, saying just urgent. Uh, I want to. What's your mom's name? Anne Henry. Anne Henry. Yeah. God bless. God God bless. God bless the life of Anne Henry. You know what I'm saying? Like she was in the spot. She was in the spot. When you was doing your thing the whole time, all the way up to the end the of way. her life, all you know what I'm saying? I want to send a shout out to uh, family or friends of uh, Tina Moore. She's a she wasn't related to me, but she was a lot. It was a lot of people. Uh, Reggie, Ashley, um, it's a it's a group of it's a group of folks that know us. You know, all of us that you remember back after uh, Trayvon Martin got killed, we did the march down uh, that Sunday afternoon uh, from the Mobile, from the main location of the Mobile Public Library all the way down to uh, Benville Square. We walked that part of uh, government on the Washington, I think that's Washington Street, they made made that right to get on uh, Dolphin, marched all the way down there. Peaceful event. Matter of fact, it, the, the, the joint was so dope that Mobile Police. We, we, we actually, I was actually walking over to the police car that was parked in the parking lot across the street from the uh, library with uh, with, with Tavia. Oh, Tavia was one of the ones that organized the whole thing and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, so both of us walked. She said, "I'm gonna go walk over there. I'm gonna go over there and walk over there and uh, tell the police what's up and stuff." So like. I'll go over there with you because, like, just in the case they don't know what's up, then boom. And they, she told them what what was going on. She said, "Yeah, we'll uh, we'll stop traffic for you when you get ready. Just tell us when you get ready to march and stuff." And they they was they was to their word and everything. So you know, we have some people who think outside of the box on a whole plethora of things. Uh, shout out to Carlton Jones too. When you say when you say, when you say plethora, yeah, yeah, you gotta like shout that man out. You know like you know, we open the gallery, got his got his clothing line plethora up, and then you know buy you some threads and stuff. But it's a lot of important people 
we can't close this out without uh, thanking Kanzai Thousand for providing the space for all creatives. Yo, up in here at the, at peace the, God. At the, house, at the house of Ace Stats. It's been, you know, we had some traffic come up in here today, and people, artists and common people alike, they didn't even know, you know, the number one thing they say is like, we didn't even know this was up in here and stuff, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, you know, we coming, we coming from the angle of we black men running a, a legitimate business in here. And we come in peace. And we come in peace. And it's, that's like a culture shock in itself to people because, you know, we have all people from all walks of life kind of like walk up in here and check it out. Oh, this is what y'all doing in here, up in here? Like, you know. It's a big old surprise to see this happening. And we explained to them what to do. Oh, damn, what y'all doing? Y'all doing, that's excellent, yeah. that's good. And all that, you know? It's, it's, it's funny, it's funny when being great is surprising. Like that that shit is always funny to me when like if you if you're you're doing some great shit, all of a sudden it's it's a surprise. But to me, I love the way that that looks. I I dealt with that my whole entire life because like all I ever wanted to do would just be the dopest at ever. Whatever I tried to do, I tried to be dope as fuck. So people always would see it and be like, he trying to show off. And it wasn't me showing off at all. At all. It wasn't me showing off. It was just me trying to be the best at what I was trying to do. And to be honest with you, I support my brother. You know what I'm saying? Um, I support this podcast, Fresh With My Fresh. You know what I'm saying? I support... The Freshest Podcast in Mobile, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I, I support the House of A Stacks because all I see is men... And and women because and, women. and because sometimes you don't see the women that that maybe you just see us guys but there's a bunch of women that support us that we wouldn't be able to do things if it wasn't for them. I just want to say like, don't think we're trying to do the most or be mad at us trying to do the most because we are trying to do the most. Just accept that shit. We are trying to do the most. We are doing the most at, at But at, at the moving, same time, at, just at moving something. But at the same time, look at us and say to yourself, do you want a platform? Do you want to say something to somebody? Do you have something to say? Do you have a story to tell? And well, everybody has a story to tell, too. You know? I've been told that a few times. Like, man, you don't say much. You can you hide. Got a, you, you got a story. Exactly. It's some about you. You got a story and stuff. You know what I'm saying? This is part of the story right here. So holla at D-Rock <coughs> Moore. Holla at Curtis Metcalf. Holla I'm approachable. Holla at Jamal Destack J. I'm approachable. You know what I'm saying? You, you want to do your interview. I've done, you know, I, I haven't went to the length of going and getting all these interviews from people that are on because I concentrate on the underdogs who are about to be on, you know? So you ever wanted to... Uh, Wanted me to interview you and stuff like I'm not a super true journalist, but I put enough out there so I wouldn't contribute to the misinformation and the gossip. I didn't want to do a gossip column, in other words. That's another point of of we'll doing this podcast. That yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a whole nother podcast, but I didn't want to add to the misinformation. I'm approachable. 
if you want me to to review your product, I don't even review products. So it's like I put my money where my mouth is, and you know, support, support, full if support. I'm bad, I'm gonna tell you it's dope. Yeah, like I'm glad. I I, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like if I, I buy am. it, I'm I'm like, yo, that's dope. Yo, you need to go buy that shit. That shit works. Or that shit is good. Yeah. Or it should smell good or feel good yeah. or it's working for me. And that's the way I am, too. Like, I mean. We got to add the women up in here, too, because we do have women at the uh, at the gallery. Uh, what's her name? Danielle? Who's yeah. like the young young intern. Yeah, we do have the young intern. Yeah, we have a young intern. And say, as a matter of fact, she'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be here yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be you'll here be tomorrow. here tomorrow. She'll be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, spend time at the construct. Uh, I know I get off. In the afternoons, and you know, most of the time she still be here, and that's the thing we lo- enjoy doing. It's that important the knowledge that we have, and it'll help folks that's under our that's under our ages and under our uh, skill level out. Or it could be like you know they bringing something to the table that we learn from too. I one hundred percent, and I'm I'm proud I'm proud to have. Um, just think about think about Squido, man. You know what I'm saying? Think about Silky. Like, yeah, that dude, yeah. That dude, family moved out of town, man, and I taught him how to make beats, and now he don't even come by and make beats no more. But <laughs> now he know how to make beats. You feel what I'm saying? Yes, sir. He, yes, sir. His career is, is, his, his career is his own now. He can, he can, he can he, take that. He can take that. He can that. take that everywhere with him. Exactly, mm-hmm. and um, and that's the whole thing, man. When it when it comes when it comes to everything, man. Whatever me and D Rock are talking about, man. It's not it's it's not to make it's not to make people feel like they're less than. It's to make people feel like okay, we're actually happy with our lives, and you can be the same way if you really really just sit down and focus on the things that you want to do. Because I'm happy. Every day is not a happy day. Every day can can be a journey in some way, shape, form, or fashion. It's not always the same way. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't trade it. So if you can understand that, what I'm saying, then you you understand that at the end of the day, don't give up on on the shit that you that you really, 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 really trying to do. Feeling like it's never gonna happen for you. It that's will. Like, that's like the lady. That's like the young lady that came in here. That's from Robertsdale. I seen her out in front of the uh, the entrance right here. And like I said, she was uh trying to inch over in here. She, she was didn't going even believe in herself. Like, right, and she just she wanted to paint. She didn't even believe in herself, man. And I ended up getting her number because she was like, "I got paintings. I just sold you her paintings. I mean, her um sketches." And yeah, she didn't even believe in herself, man. And that's the whole thing. Like, if you don't believe in yourself, then what do you expect? That's like 50% of the whole equation right there. That's yeah, 50% like, of the whole I started, equation. I started to say, if you got that thought in your mind that you want to paint, do it. Get get your materials up. Get your uh, paintbrush. Get period, blank. point blank. Period, point, point blank, God, on some real shit. Like, nigga told me the other day that, man, I can rap, but... I don't think I can rap like you. I don't freestyle. I was like, bro, did you ever just try? Like, just by yourself? Like, just sit in the bathroom or some shit and just think about some Nah, man. I can't freestyle. I have to write that shit. I said, man. That ain't nothing but a lock on your mind. You selling yourself short, G. Yeah, selling yourself short. You selling yourself short because at the end of the day, God, God, look, 
hooked you up and gave you a phone that just records. Anytime you hit the button record, and you can just hit record on the phone and just start rapping like a motherfucker and then listen to that shit later and be like, oh my God, that was a dope ass line. And then write that shit down. Anyway, I'm going to turn this Man, niggas. Man. That's a whole nother That's a whole nother show Whole nother episode Yeah whole that's a whole nother episode of how Yeah How whack ass rappers Been losing themselves So <laughs> No for real You got every to time, have soul Every you time people tell me That they cannot rap They cannot freestyle That shit just pisses me off Cause I'm just like Well you can't rap then nigga <laughs> Fuck Fuck you tell me Man, look here. This is like 99% freestyle, man. What the fuck? <laughs> we're gonna cut these lights off. Yeah. The shop's closing. We're dedicating this one. Happy birthday, Tasha. We miss you. Happy birthday, Tasha. And we're gonna, we gonna keep it on, keep it on. Um, bringing this first episode of the full season to a close. Uh, Expect more, more life. Peace.